0: Had no control over my life. I only knew you on a Sunday, and then you opened up my eyes for me to see all of the lies. Hallelujah, kuakileke, Babylon kusike, ifezi na lundo bantu. Too smart with you, then it always ends. My Olula, Never thought I would be one to stand here and testify Jehovah In my imperfection, it is finished, it is over Where sin abounds, grace is running over So, Soluya kwakileke, Babylon kusike. If it is <laughs> in patu Too smart kuyo, nini lowezi Shining, Lord of Lord, King of King, with your word I'ma be aligning. Before my enemies I'm dining, 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 ever providing good plans for you in designing when you so a see to the brother I'm I'm
1: playing
2: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio it is saturday february 22nd it's, it's it's amazing how time is flying we do thank you for joining us good afternoon zambia good afternoon europe good evening the western pacific and the rest of the world and welcome to zambia blog talk radio on this great morning it is sunny and cold in dallas roger interesting weather patterns here Uh, We have sunshine, which is very deceptive. You have to be very... uh, Always check your weather report before you step out of the house. Welcome to the show, everybody, and we do thank you for joining us. We are in Lusaka, Zambia, but before I introduce our guest who's already joined us, uh, let's just do a little bit of roll call. Terry, we are always glad to have people on the West Coast join us. How are things on that side? (laughs)
3: <laughs> good morning, Pastor. Uh, everything is fine here on the West Coast. It rained yesterday after uh, quite some time, so that that was always good to see. Uh, otherwise, okay. uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, a good weekend.
2: Excellent. More fires? No more fires?
3: No more fires. It's not fire season yet, unfortunately. This week okay. of fires even has its own season. But, uh, yeah, not, no fires <laughs> yeah.
1: at the
2: time, right now. Oh, my goodness. Roger, fires have also been classified as a season. It's, eh? it's a yeah, uh, season
1: <laughs> in, in, in California. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, how well, are you, my uh, friend? Down
2: down 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 down. Is, uh, how are you guys up north there?
4: Up north, uh, the weather has been very
2: mild since we had our uh, 40s uh, for one week.
5: Uh, this season mm-hmm. has been
2: very very kind to us. Okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, let's say hello to Dr. Patrick. A crucial primary coming up, which will determine whether somebody will survive the primaries or not, Dr. apart, right? Okay, uh, Dr. Patrick will, will, will join us uh, when he's ready to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show for today. We have a very interesting dis- topic and discussion today, and uh, we'll be talking to Mr. John Chiti. He is the Executive Director of uh, Albino Foundation of Zambia and is joining us uh, from the great state and nation of Zambia. I believe they are the National Day of Prayer yesterday. Uh, Brother Chiti, good afternoon. Welcome to the show.
6: Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon. Oh, there is good morning. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yes, we are just waking up in these parts of the world. And uh, let me ask you this, just for, uh, before we get into it, uh, did you go to the prayer meeting yesterday, or was it today? I don't know when was it held.
6: After it, it, it is today. I went there in the morning. So the country just came together to pray because of the uh, ritual killings that are happening, and uh, you know uh, some things, and a lot of uh, criminal activities happening around. And people just came together to pray.
2: So okay, was okay. Was it all over the nation or just in Osaka?
6: Well, in Osaka, but I uh, hear even other parts of the country came together. Uh, we had churches. Who dedicated this day in uh, praying for the nation, uh, as well as other groups also are praying in their individual places. But the main event was uh, in
1: Okay,
2: excellent, excellent. L- l- let's get to the to the discussion and topic of our day. The reason that you are here today, uh, Rachiti, you when what prompted the formation of the Albino Foundation of Zambia, and why was it formed? When was it formed?
6: Yes, the Albino Foundation of Zambia was formed in uh, 2008. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was formed after realizing that uh, in Zambia, there was no organization that was looking into the welfare of people with albinism. Mm -hmm. So, why other groups of people have got their own organization where they run to? Albinos didn't have any organization that was taking care of them. So, we realized that, no, we don't have something of our own. So, albinos came together. And we formed this organization in 2008, and it is the first albinism organization in Zambia that was formed.
2: Okay. So when you say which wasn't taking care of them, uh, what do you mean? What, uh, share with us some of the issues and challenges that uh, uh, you, you, you are faced as an individual, as a person growing up, and uh, all those things related to albinism.
6: Well, what we were looking for in the press was, uh, first of all, an institution where we can run to, uh-huh. and also an institution that can speak for us. So albinos didn't have a platform where they can run to, where they can air their views, and also they didn't have any institution that was speaking on their behalf. So because mm. of that, the voice of albinism in Zambia, it was overlooked, and albinos were uh, no one paid attention to the issues of albinism, so this is why, and this is what we meant when we said no, we don't. We need something of our own, and this is when we formed an organization so that it can be a platform where albinos can run to when they have issues, but mm. it's also a platform that speaks on behalf of albinos. We advocate for the rights of albinos, and the vision is to see albinos enjoying their human rights like anyone else.
2: Mm. Excellent. Share some of the things or challenges that albinos face and uh, maybe just tell us your life story if, if you are able to go that route.
6: Yes, and actually, you find that uh, my life story is very similar to many albinos because mm-hmm. we go we through most of the same things. Um, the first challenge that happened as soon as we are born, we go through rejection. Uh, mm-hmm. Me personally, I went through rejection by my uh, family. And many albinos, 90% of albinos are rejected when they are born. Uh, The rejection is from parents. So there is a a confusion when an albino child is born, especially when a child is born from black people.
1: Mm -hmm. They become
6: surprised and say, "Ah, how can we have this kind of a child as we are black? And the families will become confused, and they'll start pointing fingers at each other, blaming one another, and in the end uh, there, there is divorce, families are breaking, and, you know, tempers are rising. So because of this child, it is um, uh, rejected. Uh, that is the first challenge that we go through. 90% of albinos are rejected. Uh, from there, when they start growing up, uh, they face a lot of discrimination from society. Uh, this is because it is very strange. You find that in a compound of maybe um, maybe 3,000 people, you mm-hmm. find only one albino in that compound, or maybe two albinos. So because they are very few, Compound is very shocked as well to look at this child who is white in a black community. So there are so many beliefs and misconceptions they think otherwise. But the main thing that they think is that uh, albinism is contagious. So they think that, ah, maybe Mm. us, if we play with him, we can also turn to be albino. Or maybe I can have an albino. So because of that, there is discrimination they isolate the child, find that when growing up, albinos don't have uh, many friends, they, are, they, they can't, uh, even when they are living with their families, they can't share same food, they can't share same clothes, they can't share cups, spoons, they can't even share, so because people feel and fear that mm-hmm. they can, you know, become albino themselves. And when they grow up, the other challenges, for example, in school, when they go to school, there is a, a challenge of sight. So albinism comes with a consequence that most of them, or all of them, are short-sighted. Okay. When they go to school, they can't read on the board. Uh, they can't read books that have small letters. They can't see properly when it is very hot. Uh, so because of that, that affects the performance of a child. I remember in my uh, school days, uh, I would not write notes because I could not read on the board. And if the teachers could not understand me, they would whip me and they would think that this is a dull child. Mm-hmm. could not finish exercises because my sight, I'm short sighted and there was no one to understand my condition. So that is a, a sight problem. And also the discrimination and the bullying. Yes. Imagine you have a school and there are about uh, maybe 1,000 pupils and you are not albino there. So there is a lot of bullying where uh, this child is different. So they are bullied, they are called them. Muavich, Dangwareza, uh, uh, Musungu Berera, there are so many. Uh, Derogative names that the society used to call themselves. So, in the end, uh, some albinos drop out of school because of the pressure. They would rather stay home and, you know, than complete school. But those who are strong, they still keep on and finish school. But the challenge comes in now where they are hunted and killed. So, wow. there is a belief that, that, that their body parts have special powers. I know this is a contradiction from the community because, in the first place, they are rejected. But when they grow up, they are again hunted that uh, they have, they have got special powers, their body parts can bring wealth. So they are hunted and they are killed for their body parts.
2: Wow. That 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 is very really serious.
5: Actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well it it, it it help us understand something here because this is something that is not even probably addressed, talked about uh, I've never, I mean, growing up in Zambia and uh, even at the age that I am, I have never, others, I, I don't know, Roger, maybe you did know, I don't know, Titus, here Abela. I never heard of any information, any literature, anything to do with albanism being talked about by government officials, just maybe, what do you call it? Uh, non-governmental uh, organization, NGOs, or just at school level, uh, where do you think this discrimination and misconception about urbanism, wh- what is its roots, Mr. chiti What are the roots of this thing?
6: Well, the, the, the main cause, the roots is that, first of all, Africa is considered to be a black continent. It is a, a continent for black people. So any person who is not black... Mm-hmm. You are considered to be a foreigner, you are considered to, like, you don't belong here. So the idea is that uh, because of Africans think that uh, to be African you have to be black, you have to be born with a black skin. So when albinos are born, who are different, who are white, it is a strange thing, they are kicking us out of Africa because they think that we don't belong here, they think we are not Zambians, they think we are not members, they think we belong somewhere to another you know, planet. Uh, but uh, the other cause is the lack of political will, and that is because of uh, the, the albinism community is a minority group. It's a minority mm-hmm. group. Imagine, the 2010 census, Zambia had 13 million, and out of 13 million, only 25,000 people were persons with albinism. So okay. It is a very minority group, minority group, and you know politics. Politicians work with numbers because they oh. want more votes.
1: Of so course. when
6: a, a small group, to them, they feel like, ah, this group doesn't impact them in any way because they are counting voters. So because of that, there is no political will at government level and also uh, at politicians. So because of that, the issues of albinism have got no interest. That people are not interested in. And they are make sure. I tell you, we really have to push government for them to do one or two things. We really have to push them because we are just a small group. And to them, we are a minority, and they're looking at their, how many votes can come from albinos and things like that. So those are some of the root causes that uh, make the situation to even go away.
2: What's the relationship of your uh, albino foundation of Zambia and the government of Zambia? Since it has been, oh. it was accepted. Hmm.
6: Yes, first of all, we are duly registered with the government of Zambia. Um, we, 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 are, we are under regulations by the government. Uh, they have set up regressions. We do our annual returns. We do our financial reports, and we make sure that we comply to the laws uh, of the nation. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Zambia is a signatory to the UN, and Zambia has signed uh, some conventions, uh, Persons with Disabilities. So we engage government based on what they have signed, uh, and because of that, government has done some steps. For instance. Government has adopted the Albinism Day, which, is, uh, which comes every 13th of June every year.
1: The uh, okay. government
6: has also amended the Disability Act of 2012, where Albinism has been recognized there. So we are engaging government uh, and uh, engaging, advising them where they, are, they need to improve and also appreciating them where they have uh, made some improvements.
2: Okay that's that's okay those are some steps in the right direction and, the, and uh, to try and address the situation interesting i like the figures that you give about uh, the number of albinos in the country based on the last uh, census that was done uh yeah. w- so, like, let's let's get to Albanism Day. Uh, I have a thousand questions here. I know my friends, too, have questions. Uh, anybody who wants to jump in, please, just... I'll keep your mics open. Just say you want to ask or say something to Mr. Chichi. Uh So, like,
3: but what, what
2: happens on Albanism Day, Bachiti? What, what goes on? What, what is the purpose of that day? Okay, so the
6: background of Albanism Day is remember some years ago when Tanzania was recording a lot of killings? Uh, Tanzania was the first country in Africa to come out in the open where albinos were killed and many of them were hunted and killed and the international community became concerned about the killings. So because of that, the UN sat down and realized that albinism needs to be given more attention because Mm -hmm. it was followed in so many things. So because of that, the UN came up with a day to say uh, they said 13th of June, as the International Albinism Day, so that Albinism can have its own platform and so that uh, people can use that day to, you know, air their grievances, and also the idea was to give attention to uh, uh, albinism. So when the UN proposed that day, countries started adopting it, and Zambia adopted the day, and so now it is, nat- it's a, it is a national event, and here in Zambia... We have been celebrating it for the past uh, three years now. Other countries have been slow in recognising the day, but Zambia has uh, approved that day. So what happens on that day is this is the day where albinos come together uh, across the nation, and Mm -hmm. we have an event. Uh, We do various events where we air out our programs, our, our activities. I'll give an example like last year, what happened last year, We had even a press conference where we look at issues. What are the issues that have affected us in the past year? We bring out the issues. We bring out our recommendations to government, where government has to improve. And also it is the day that we raise awareness uh, to the public that there is this day and there is this community in... um, in Zambia. So what happens is it's quite an exciting day. You find there is drama, there is music, there is entertainment, and the albinos showcase their talents in very different ways. So it is a day that's very colorful, and you see albinos across the country, you know, celebrating the day. Mm,
2: excellent, excellent. Well, at least uh, some positive information or, or an event or something in the right direction are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio. We're talking to Mr. John Chiti. He's the executive director at Albino uh, Foundation of Zambia. Terry, okay, Roger, comments so far? Yes,
3: Go ahead. I have a... Yes. Uh Good. Uh, greetings to you, Mr. Chiti. How are you?
6: Fine, thank you. How are you, sir?
3: I'm okay. Thank you. I want to start by saying, uh, John, uh, we thank you for the work that you're doing. It's very, very commendable. You're showing a lot of leadership qualities, and we just want to wish you and your family as much safety as possible. Um, if, if you can, can you please describe how you got involved in helping a uh, young lady who suffered an, a physical attack? In the Eastern Province. Can you tell us how, how you managed to go to her assistance? And also, can you mention what the status of that police case is
1: today?
6: Okay, great. Uh, so, in uh, 2018, it was somewhere in uh, September to November, we had on news that there was a girl who was attacked. Uh, in Chama, which is Muchinga province, and this girl was 19 years old. She was attacked, and her right hand was chopped off. Now, to us, this was not the first case, because we had uh, some cases where albinos were attacked. So this was another case that came to our attention. So as an organization, when we heard about uh, uh, that case, we followed it up. Uh, By then, she was in hospital, so it was easy to locate her. We contacted uh, uh, Chama District Hospital, and they confirmed that they had the girl there. So we said, mm-hmm. well, we are coming to see the girl. Can you um, keep her there while? So we went with our team. About five people traveled from Lusaka, and we went to Chama. We went to see the girl. So our first activity was to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. So this girl was, was four months pregnant, 19 yeah. years old. Her name is, her name is uh, Miriam Kumwenda. Uh, She lives in a village called Chikwa Village, and there are two boys with So she has got a younger sister, who is also albino. So so we interviewed her. What happened? How did this thing happen? And she told us that uh, uh, this man, a teacher, who used to make advances like he wants to marry her, used to come home, and uh, not knowing that he was setting a hub to sell her to the criminals. So he made a lot of advances. He came home sparring how, where she stays, where she sleeps. And uh, in the, after some time, during the night, she just heard the knock at the door and uh, people came in the name of the teacher. She, she even remembers the names of this teacher. So when she refused to come out, they spread some chemicals in the house so that they all fall asleep. Mm. She said she fell asleep. The moment she woke up, she just found herself being tied, the hands were tied, the legs were tied, and people were carrying her from the house, taking her to a bush. Uh, The mouth was also covered, but the eyes were not covered. So she was able to recognize or to see the people who were attacking her. So when they took her to a bush, they started cutting off the hand. But interestingly, they started cutting off the left hand, and one of them said, no, we are told to cut off the right hand. So they stopped chopping off the left hand, and they started cutting off the right hand. And uh, because of the pain yeah. and things like that, she became unconscious, and these people ran away with the hand. And that's when uh, her sisters and the family uh, came to her rescue. So, this is what happened to her. That caused a lot of trauma. And what we did was uh, we took her away from Chama. We kept her in uh, Lusaka until she gave birth. And uh, luckily, the child was not affected. So, right now, as I speak, she has got a baby girl who is now one year, uh, nine months. Uh, the case now, four, four suspects have been arrested. And these suspects include the same teacher, two other members, community members, whom she's able to recognize, and also mm-hmm. a witch doctor from Malawi. Now, interestingly, this, this case was a collaboration between Malawi and Zambia because the hand was retrieved in Malawi. The witch doctor who is involved is also from Malawi. So the hand was retrieved, and it is in the police custody. They are keeping it as evidence. But surprisingly, what we are not happy about the case is that as much as uh, the police have gone that far, they have not, the case has not gone to court. It is now going to two years. The case has not gone to court. And the suspects have been moved from Sama. They were taken to Rundazi, and now we hear they are in Kasama. So to us, we are not sure if the suspects are still there because, move. We are told that the suspects are now in Kassama. And uh, when we inquired when this case is going to court, why is this case uh, not proceeding? And they just told us to say it can even take three to five years for the case to go to court. So we have not been given a convincing reason why the case has not uh, gone to court. Coming to Miriam, we were there last month. We went to check on her. So we went to check on her and asked her how has been life after the attack. And Miriam mm said she is having trouble because now she lost, she lost her hand. She can't do the house chores. She can't wash. She can't clean. She can't cook. So the mother is the one who is always uh, uh, taking care of her. She also has problems to nurse the child properly because she has one hand. Interestingly, she has even lost interest in school because she says, ah, I can't write using my left hand, so I can't go back to school anymore. And uh, the sister, The young sister is very traumatized because she's afraid that she can also be attacked any time. That I avoid going to that place where they were chopping off my hand. I don't even want to look at that place, because Mm -hmm. it brings me memories. And she even said, we asked her to say, what is your message uh, to the criminals? She said, I want them to be chopped, like the way they chopped me. So you can hear the anger, that she's still angry about the case, and she's still traumatized because... uh, she can't stay alone at home. She can't go to places at night because she's afraid that people can attack her. Hmm.
2: Do, that, don't you thank can, you for that, John. Before you, yeah, before you, oh, you continue, Terry, you, you, I'm beginning to sense here that probably the police or even the court is afraid of pursuing this case because of the misty seasons surrounding the whole thing do, do you think that could be the case
6: yes actually what we have realized is that this these uh, attacks are being run by high profit people these are wealthy people who are behind the cases so these are prominent people in fact to some extent we even suspect uh, the same politicians to have a hand in this and uh, our reason is because uh, one it is a very Uh, when we look at how much money is invested in the cases, in the attacks, Mm -hmm. uh, you find someone who is able to hire, someone who is able to pay the witch doctor, someone who is able to pay the criminals, someone who is able to transport a body part from one country to the other. So we are talking about high-profile people, big businessmen, people who have got money. And also, uh, our other argument is that uh, we have not seen any successful um, uh, uh, arrest and uh, prosecution of a case. So like I said, this was not the first case. We mm-hmm. have a case in in Lundazi where a mm-hmm. woman was attacked and her breast were removed and her hand was chopped off. The case died a natural death. We have another case. So at our organization, we have a record of cases, a record of cases, because we do record these cases. And we were able to bring out, at one point last year, we had a meeting with uh, Inspector General at a uh, police head office. And we mm-hmm. went to complain to them to say, why are you not prosecuting our cases? And okay, they said, okay, bring the cases. So we gave them a record. We have about uh, up to 10 cases mm-hmm. that happened, that were recorded, and it, some of them, like six of them, suspects were apprehended, but none of them were prosecuted. The master person, the person who is behind the killings, is never found. We complained to them to say, why is the police failing to prosecute? Why are we failing to find the person who is behind the ritual killings? And they assured us to say, no, we are going to uh, follow it up. Okay, bring the records. We are going to uh, open some documents and things like that.
3: Mm. Thanks for that information, John. This is Ntea again. And I just wanted to let the audience know that there is a documentary that is showing the travel of uh, John and the other members who traveled to to Eastern Province to help the young lady who was attacked. What I've done is I've put the link to that documentary, it's a YouTube documentary, I've put the link to it on the Zambia Blog Talk Radio uh, website. So if you go to that link, you can watch the short documentary, it's about 25 minutes, uh, and you'll be able to see for yourselves the young lady, the impact on her life, and uh, the work that John and his group did to try to assist as much as they could. To add on to that, uh, John, if you could just tell us about your singing, I'm interested in that as well. John is a very talented musician, um, and I see that he's using his gift to to promote the the message of uh, helping the albino community in Zambia. John, can you tell us how you got involved in singing and how it's been helping the people in your
2: community? Well, before yes, John uh, does that, uh,
6: we are
0: going to play one of his songs, Gnasa. Why don't we do it right now? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, play let's this say, song. Uh, let's just play that song. Let's play that song. Yo,
1: don't <laughs> be. <laughs> production oh yeah imwe like Simona kuna kupala mwananga oh oh oh. ine. Kwa manane kupaka kwanga, zinafuna kupatwa wato Ine mwana wanu, Sina tanke kupatwa mwanene nili.
2: Uh looks like John dropped. Uh let's wait for him to call back in. Um, um like while
4: we're while while we're waiting. Uh, yes. let me congrat let, let me congratulate but, you again. Let me congratulate you again.
1: <laughs>
4: the programs that you've been putting on is outstanding. And um I Oh, is the brother back?
2: Yes, he's, he's back. Go well, ahead, Dr. Patrick. I okay, you
4: want you
5: yeah, to
4: hear yeah, this. Sir. Yes. <clears throat> what I, what I wanted to share is um first thing, first is a question. And you can answer this after my comments is are you are you connecting with other albinism uh, organizations throughout Africa? That's that's the first question. And then the second is, historically speaking, have you dwelt back into the, the origins of albinism in, in uh, Zambia as well as neighboring countries in Africa? Because as you know, or you, you may or may not know, that the albinism uh, development is the, has been reported to be the, the origination of the Caucasian race. Whereas the albinism that came out of Africa, fleeing from the conditions in which you just shared with us, they fled into Eurasia, and from that point, um, albinism ad- adopted uh, African African albinists adopted uh, their their um, their belief in the families in the climate of Europeans. And that's where the origination of Europeans came from. So that's that's something that you can look into. But again, I congratulate you, my brother, for for being the person that you are, and for our our our, our brothers and sisters in Zambia.
2: So John, before you respond to that, let's pick up where we left on in case question. And you heard the song we played, right? The, the, your song that we played was Nicola Chabe. Talk about your music and the, uh, what prompted you to write this song. Then you can address Dr. Patrick's question.
6: Okay, great. So actually, to me, music is coming out first. Uh, the mm. first thing is I'm a musician. And okay. um, I, I, I used to sing when I was very young. Music, was, music has been my passion. And when I completed school, I decided to do music as a career. So the first thing is that I, I became established as a musician in 2008 when I produced my first album, and it was a hit. Mm. Uh, so to the surprise, no, I, I'm the first person with albinism to come out in the limelight. So I was, I have, I was the first albino musician in Zambia. So that was a, a big news and surprise to the nation because they were surprised. They, couldn't, they didn't expect an albino to be so much talented and to be in the limelight. So being an albino musician uh, gave me a platform, you know, and many many musicians uh, started collaborating with me. And from there, I started doing my music tours. So I was launching my album and doing performances in different provinces. So Mm. when I used to go to shows, that's when I started to interact with other albinos. So... Other winners could come to watch my performances, and I would talk to them. And I realized one thing, that my story is similar. What I've gone through is similar to what most of them have gone through. Rejection, discrimination, mistreatment, everything, all those things were familiar, uh, each of them. And this is how I came to interact, so it is uh, through music. Uh, So when I became a musician, I became established. And personally, I had no challenges. I can't say I have a problem with sunscreen or this or that, because now I'm an established musician, successful. I'm able to look after myself and things like that. But I realized that uh, there are other other albinos who don't have an opportunity like myself, who cannot sing, other albinos who are still struggling with rejection. And so that prompted me to form um, the organization. So I'm a musician. And to contribute to the work that I do, I have also become a music activist who use music to advocate for the rights mm-hmm. of people with albinism. So I have done a full album. It's called Disability Music. I have done a full album which I have dedicated on disability. And there I've talked about issues with albinism and issues of disability. So I am an activist. I am an advocate. I use my music to speak for the you know voiceless, specifically people with albinism, because that is my area of interest. Otherwise, music is my career. Rather uh, than that, I'm a, a musician. I'm hard to perform. I do have got. I do R and B songs. I'm a singer. I even have a band. I'm able to play live music, and so that is my career.
2: Excellent, excellent, John. That's good. Uh, <laughs> my, my
6: brother, before my brother, before you
4: answer answer my question. Um, is there any way that you could move away from uh, claiming albinism as a disability? Maybe it's it's good for political, oh. but for yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call you my brother having a disability.
6: Yeah, yeah, that is you know actually today. I'm, uh, yesterday we had a meeting and we were talking about the same topic now. Here in Zambia or Africa, we cannot remove uh, albinism or separate albinism uh, from disability and because of two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, it is obvious. It is the only way we can get help. For us to get help, we have to be disabled. That is the setup of Africa or let me say Zambia. Uh, It's like we are walking in the streets and you see uh, two people. One is blind begging for a dollar, and mm-hmm. the other one is just an ordinary person begging for a dollar. You want give someone who is disabled, right? Because you'll be convinced that this person is disabled in a way, so they need help. So that is, that is the setup here in Africa. If we say albinos are not disabled, then it means we are saying the, they don't need sunscreen, they don't need help, they are just doing fine. So for us to have the help that we have, that we want, for example, things like sunscreen, we want the government to give us sunscreen for free because we can't afford to buy. We have to be disabled. We have to include ourselves in that bracket. However, I've traveled to countries like you and I interacted with the albinos there. And Mm. we had a discussion about albinism and disability. So to them, Albinism is not a disability because the barriers have been removed. For example, I talked about when I was at school because I'm short-sighted, so that is a disability. I'm disabled, but a uh, people with albinism in America is given some assistance. They have got uh, an individual teacher who is able to attend to her, to him. They also have some equipment that that is they're able to use to improve their sight. So the disability, the barrier has been removed. That means. Uh, the child is able to perform on equal basis with others. So in Africa, we have not reached that level where we can remove barriers. Otherwise, albinos in schools, if they are, uh, they, are, they, are they are struggling because of sight and because of these other barriers. So this is why for so now we cannot remove albinism from uh, disability.
4: Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I understand. Okay. Uh, 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 to my to my question. Do you recall, or shall I repeat, repeat them? Uh, come again. Yes. my my question My question is, um, is: Is are there connections, or do you have connections with other albinism organizations throughout Africa? And the second is: Have oh, okay. you? Um, and the second question is. Have you done the research as to the historical migrations of albinism out of Africa into Europe?
6: Okay. Uh, The the first question, yes, we we are connected and we are partnered with uh, regional and international organizations. Uh, Even we we are also working together with organizations across Africa. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, the UN has appointed uh, a person who is called Special rapporteur. She's IK from Nigeria. And this is a person who has been appointed to specifically look at issues of albinism. And uh, through our role, she she has managed to bring together countries. She has organized workshops where we meet and interact. Uh, She invites uh, 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 directors from albinism organizations across Africa, and she provides a platform where we meet, we interact, we share experiences and share uh, best practices. So there are albinism alliances, both at regional level and also international level, uh, where we also belong to as the Albino Foundation of Zambia. There are also other international organizations like uh, Amnesty International, Amnesty International is uh, an organization that is dealing with uh, human rights. So wherever there are some human rights violations, they are uh, one of the partners whom we report to. Or Whenever they hear a case in Zambia, they will consult us. Uh, there is also mm-hmm. other organizations like Pointing Voice uh, and Under the Sun. These are international organizations that are dealing with um, albinism. But also, uh, remember I see that Zambia is a signatory to the UN, uh, and Zambia rights reports so the government writes reports to submit to the U.N. Mm-hmm. They write about what is the situation of people with a disability in Zambia. So when the U.N. receives those reports, no, they, they, they are so good because the government does not want to acknowledge that there is a problem here. So for them to clarify the reports, the U.N. will come to organizations like ours to confirm, to say, well, government has written this report, but is it true? Is it really true? So we also submit our reports to UN so that uh, the, the, the report of government, they're able to verify, because when government reports alone, they will give out certain things, or they will deny certain things which are happening, like the killings, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. They, will,
6: they will give out you know, the killings, albinos are safe, they are not being killed, and things like that. But when we come on the ground, organizations like ours, we have got records of people have been attacked, and people have died, and people have survived the killings. So we also belong to the U.N. body, where we uh, submit our reports on um, albinism. And uh, about the research, we we haven't done much research about the origin of albinism, but I think uh, I'm very interested in what you have said. I think uh, from uh, going onwards, it's something that I'll take personal interest to research and find out more about the uh, history of the migration of uh, albinos from Africa. It is something really, really interesting I think, uh, I thank you for bringing that
2: out. Okay, John, I'll connect you with Dr. Patrick by email so that you can pick up that uh, that thing. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Oh,
5: so th- thank you, Nathan. Uh, John, uh, I just want to say that, uh, first of all, I'm uh, an ardent follower of your music. Uh, you have great talent, God given talent. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, the point I wanted to make, uh, when you referred to that lady. Uh, that was uh, attacked, uh, had their hand uh, chopped off, and the inertia by the, by the police to take the case to court, you can actually bring a lawsuit against the government of Zambia uh, through the attorney general to compel them to to have those uh, suspects taken to court. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bunch of baloney for them to say that uh, cases like that uh, take uh, two to five years. Uh, I don't think that is that is even true. So what you can do is uh, explore the 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 you know um, idea of suing the government of Zambia to compel them to take those people to court. They they need they need to have their day in court and uh, you know once found guilty they need to be brought to book. Thank you, John. Yes,
6: yes, yes. Th- thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and John. Think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm acknowledging I think the point that you said it's very, very important, and uh, it is one area, uh, one of the areas our organization needs, uh, you know, we are looking forward to, um, uh, we haven't, we, one area that we are, we are not doing fine is uh, the area of litigation and uh, being trained to do such kind of things, it is something that we have also realized that, you know, we need to be equipped to know that, okay, these are the other options, because we are so much into advocacy, we are so much into engagement and lobbying mm-hmm. and things like that. But when these things don't work, what else can we do? So I think that is a very, very important and it's something that our organization is going to take up to. And I think we would even be interested to be trained in such kind of, uh, you know, legal matters, how do you handle this and who are the partners and those kind of information. I think it's very, very important, thank you so much. I think, John, what
2: you need, uh, your organization will need, uh, to follow up on uh, Kelvin's point, this was like at the back of my mind, Uh, do you have a relationship or do you have a lawyer in your organization or are you connected with Lars, the Law Association of Zambia, you need legal representation or you need a lawyer on your team, don't you think so?
6: Yes, yes, you're very right. And... We don't have a lawyer in our organization. Uh, The only people who are close to legal matters we have is the Human Rights Commission, which is a partner organization. So when we have a violation, we do engage them and uh, they do, you know, help us. But in terms of legal matters, we Uh don't have someone like that. And I think it is an area where that we really need to look at.
2: Yeah, I think you you get you need to get to a place where you you need to have a person, a legal person on your team who can address those issues, because we can't have a case pending for two years. That person, that child is drama, traumatized, and you said you've got 10 pending cases. That's, that's unacceptable. I mean, the country cannot have a situation like that, like Kelvin has said, and I believe the team agrees with me here. Uh, As we conclude our discussion, my goodness, thank you for taking the time. This is very important information. And one component that probably a lawyer can also help you to deal with is this aspect of, uh, from a legal point of view, and just trying to get it into the Zambian system. You know, if if a mother has an albino child, I think it should be explained right there and then by the doctor to say, the reason this child is like this is A, B, C, D. Like Dr. Patrick has said, the origin of that, it needs to be explained from what a medical point of view and stuff like that, the the genetics involved in that, so that the, the stigma is removed. I think that is very important. Talk to us about how Uh, what help and support your organization needs?
6: Well, I think so far the support from our discussion, what we can see is we need legal support.
1: Mm -hmm.
6: Um, This is an area that we, even through the discussion, have identified that area. We need legal support, legal training in these issues, we need legal representation. That is one area that uh, we need support. Uh, The the, the other area uh, that we need support is... um, Uh, the the operation of the organization for us to expand uh, our services to reach out to as many albinos. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we have about 30,000 albinos right now in Zambia, but our organization has registered up to 2,000 albinos. Out of 30,000, we still have a lot of 28,000 albinos to reach out to. Uh, So our organization is limited in terms of how we operate because of limited resources. For example, due to limited uh, transport, we cannot reach out to albinos who are in the villages. We cannot go very far because of uh, transport issues. Um, uh, Due to uh, limited resources, we cannot sponsor as many albinos in schools. We have albinos who we are sponsoring in schools. We have uh, women, parents, women who have been divorced because they gave birth to an albino we do support them we empower them but because of limited resources we can only help a few so i think uh, resources is one other area that we do need support and uh, the legal uh, uh the, the legal training the legal equipment where we are have to be equipped so that we begin to take government to task and dealing with uh because uh, just now as we are speaking we have a lot of uh, child support cases. You know, I know child support is a very big issue in America. But here, men just get out with it. They, they have a child because the child is albino. They reject the child and they go scot-free. And you know, our mothers are not trained on how to stand. They don't know what child, what child support is. They don't know that uh, uh, that person is responsible for that child. Whether they are divorced or not, they are, they, the man must support the child. So all those are legal issues. That, I think, our needs to be trained. We need to train our members to stand, uh, to stand for their right and mm-hmm. how things are uh, 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 going to improve our performance.
2: That's true. Do you, if somebody wants to contribute to your organization, wh- how should they do it, John? Website, what information do you
5: have?
6: Yes, um, we, we, we have, we, first of all, we have a Facebook page for interaction. Those who want to interact with us, our Facebook page is called Albinism Zambia. Albinism Zambia is a okay event. so you can uh, like follow or send us a message on uh, where. that is why also we post uh, updates on programs um, uh, we do have a website which is called af uh, albinismzambia.com. albinismzambia.com is our website but i think for now it is uh, we are doing some maintenance so it should be up and running in the next uh, two to three months because we okay. are doing some maintenance that is called com. Our Facebook page is uh, Albinism Zambia. So those are the online platform. We we have bank accounts. In case someone wants to do a deposit, we have a bank account that we can give out to someone who wants to send us some money. Or uh, if someone wants to send us some material or some equipment, that also can be arranged on how we can get those things to Zambia.
2: Excellent. Excellent. So, John, what we shall do is uh, one thing before we before we, before we I also wanted to ask you this uh, like uh, what you say like uh, Kelvin said that he follows your music and everything else. There are people who'd like to listen. I mean, I listened to a lot of your music just in the past few days. It's on YouTube. Somebody wants to buy your music. Are you on uh, what do you call it, Kelvin? of here technologies, MP3 or iTunes. What do iPhone, iTunes, iTunes. How can one access or purchase your music to support you?
6: Yes, uh, you can find my my music on iTunes, uh, even on uh, Spotify. But one thing I'm working on, uh, you know, uh, in terms of technology, this is when uh, Zambia, we we are trying to improve, even as an industry, the music industry. So I'm working on a a music website where uh, I can sell my music online because that is one area that we musicians have been you know uh, left behind we mm-hmm. do a lot of promotion in terms of uh, just downloading but in terms of selling music this is a new thing that this is a new era that we have entered into say okay so there is also online selling of music and now musicians we are busy trying to create a platform where we can sell our music online so that is also something that i'm working on it is something that i didn't have as an artist because of uh, you know the and in the industry, we didn't go uh, that far. We were we used to selling of CDs, uh, you know, selling of tapes and things like that. But now I'm working on a website. So for now, someone can get my music on um, iTunes and even on Spotify. Just search for my name, and my music will come out. And I think in the next uh, later this year, I'm going to announce my personal music uh, website where uh, I can be promoting my music and people can be buying uh, my music.
2: Excellent, excellent. Okay, everybody. The Facebook page is called Albanism Initiative in Zambia. So please. So
6: Albanism Zambia.
2: Albanism Zambia.
6: Yes, Albanism Zambia.
2: I'm seeing another page here, John. There are too many pages here. Albanism. So okay, the initiative. So, uh huh. Okay.
6: So, so what what has happened is uh, uh So we the, the organization. When we formed that organization, Albinism uh, Foundation of Zambia, uh, that was in 2008. But you know, like every other sector, there are other organizations that come up because uh, they want to contribute in a way. So we have got these other new organizations that are coming up. So that one you are seeing, it's uh, one of uh, the other organizations. I think it was formed about two years ago. Uh, It's one of the organizations. I know it. I even know the people who are running it. Uh, It is another organization, but... Our organization, which has been the first organization in Zambia, is called uh, Albinism Zambia, and the Facebook page you find is Albinism Zambia, or Albino Foundation of Zambia. So those are our uh, uh, correct
1: names.
2: Okay. I want to try to repeat that in case I mess it up. Let's just leave it like that. You all heard what Jonas said, and it's all sort over. Of, uh, wow. Mr. Chiki, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Like I've said, we shall follow up some of these things. I'll connect you to Dr. Patrick and other members of the team. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what uh, teamwork and collaboration does. Terry, okay, thank you for connecting ZBTR to Mr. Chiti and for us to bring to in bring story to our global uh, community. Final word, my brother, before
3: we wind
6: up the program. Well, um, just to appreciate the platform that you have given me. Thank you so much for hosting me, and uh, thank you to everyone for the productive discussion that we had. I just urge you that please gather as much support for us. We need your support. Whenever you find an opportunity for us, we really appreciate any efforts to connect us and uh, anything else that can come. Please feel free to get back to us, and we really appreciate it.
2: Excellent. Right, thank you. Have a wonderful afternoon, everybody. That was our show for today. Uh, Mr. John Chitty, Executive Director of Albino Foundation of Zambia. We shall conclude the program by playing a, one of his songs. And uh, let me take this opportunity to, on behalf of Zambia Block Talk Radio to appreciate everyone that contributed towards the, the funeral expenses of our late brother, Jonah Daniel, and so, Michaela, he was buried and put to rest on Monday. Thank you. So let's go back in for Open Forum.
0: This is a College Foot Foot production.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: kubala kwano simunafune kubala watso imwe makolo vanga simunafune kubala mwananga ine goma oh, oh, oh. nine kubarwa kwanga zinafune watso imwe mwana Na tanke kufadwa mwanene nilili hey. Soo ni na nitiza bulema Bama vuto chititano Ni na nitiza